0: All right. All right. I'm going to start by introducing myself to you guys. Um, I'm Jed Rummage. Uh, I'm turning 18 next weekend so that (laughs) I've been going to Hyde since I was, um, five. So that puts me at like 13 years here. And I can say from experience that this church family is just wonderful. And, uh, the people here just really reflect God. And, um, so to give you guys a little backstory of my relationship with the church and especially Austin, our youth pastor here. um, I'll take you guys back to sixth grade, which was winter camp. And we were going to UCYC and two of my friends were with me. And um, I don't know if you guys know, but the little, the little coffee creamers that are at waffles and more, that's how I remember the ones you stack, you know, when you're waiting for your food, uh, there was a large bowl of these and uh, they were in the corner in our breakout room uh, with our church. And, Me and my friends look over and we're like, you know, I think, I think we should steal every single one of those. there's about a hundred of them. And we took every single one of those and we took them back to our cabin and we waited till lights out when we're, everyone's supposed to be asleep, but we weren't. And, uh, we decided to drink every single one of those. And, um, Austin got a little wake up call at about one in the morning saying, uh, My friend's throwing up, and I don't feel good, and we need assistance, but Austin knew from that point on that uh, I'd be speaking in front of you guys, and there's hope for everybody. So um, speaking about hope, uh, I want you guys to kind of shift your attention to a time where you guys felt like you were hopeless. For me, uh, that was sophomore year of high school. Um, I know you guys wouldn't think it by looking at me, you know, but the first real relationship I was in, I did get cheated on. And, um, you know, things happen, but, uh, we're moving on and, uh, <laughs> um, but later that month, I actually got a call from one of my closest friends and, uh, he, he told me that one of our friends that I'd played uh, football with since I was in sixth grade, he'd actually taken his life and, um, nobody had any, there was no warning sign. Nobody had any idea it was going to happen and it just did and it, it dropped everybody to a hopeless state. And, um, as the, that same month went on, um, if you guys don't know, uh, my family is very family oriented and, um, there's always about 20 of them at every single gathering. Um, so like, especially football, I didn't even have to be starting. I could be on uh kickoff team, not even starting on offense or defense or anything. And there'd be 25 of them sitting there waiting for me at the end of the game. But all that to say that we're very close as a family. And, Um, my great grandma was the head of that and, uh, we would eat dinner together all the time. And, um, she was just the head of that whole family unit. And, uh, she later passed that, that month and going into the holiday season, not having her, um, it just threw off the whole dynamic of that holiday season and, and was very, um, it was very hopeless for all of us. But, uh, when we lose our hope, eventually we do have to put our hope into something. And, um, my question to you guys is what are you guys putting your hope in? Um, a story that illustrates how we should have hope is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that story basically starts out with King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he issues this law saying, you know, everyone has to bow down to this golden statue that we've created. And um, there was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three, they were Jewish and um, they were officials for, of Babylon. Of Babylon and they, you know, they didn't bow down. Um, and the king gave them one more chance. He said, you know, bow down or you're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And, uh, the furnace was turned up to seven times what it normally is for them. And so they were thrown into the furnace and, uh, to kind of illustrate how hot it really was. Um, The people that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace actually died because of how hot it was. But when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire, he saw that there was actually four in the fire. Some translations say that it was an angel. We don't really know for sure, but we know that it was God's presence. And it was in the fire with the three of them. Um, And for us, for them, it was God's presence, maybe an angel. But for us, that's the Holy Spirit. And a verse that really explains the Holy Spirit well is john fourteen twenty five through twenty seven says "All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind me remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. This verse is really explains how we should be bold and have hope because of the holy spirit and um obviously in shadrach meshach and abednego's case they had the lord's presence but we have the holy spirit walking through every single one of our circumstances with us uh in that in that sense that's your figurative fire um your circumstances so to see you through that um the reason we have this hope and the reason we have the Holy Spirit is because of the Christmas story. So I'm just going to introduce you guys to that real quick. Uh, read from Luke 2, 4 through 7. It says, so Joseph went also up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So if you guys don't know, there was a census in the, and Mary and Joseph had to travel back to where their bloodline originated so they could be counted. And I, me personally, I've never been pregnant, but I can assume that walking, uh, it says most scholars believe that it was 90 miles uh, as an eight month pregnant woman does not sound very uh intriguing to me, but that just shows the lord's power uh in and of itself. but Jesus was born and he wasn't born in your fixer upper you know cute little barn he was born with the, you know the the slumish of slums he was born with animals and and um he was placed where they where they ate. Um, and came to us in the most humble way possible and he lived a perfect life among the hardest of circumstances and he died and he rose again. And if we just accept that, we have the Holy Spirit walking with us every day. Now, you, kind of, you may be wondering, how do we tap into the Holy Spirit? How do we tap into God's presence with us? And, and the biggest thing that I've seen and that I've used to help me with this is uh, praying and understanding the power of prayer. Um, Paul says, pray without ceasing. And I've really taken that to heart the last few months, understanding that giving everything to God, every single burden you have, every single thing, uh, there's, there's freedom and surrender in that. So, um, biggest takeaway, just use prayer. Prayer is so powerful and it helps you tap into the presence of the Lord. So thank you guys so much for having me up here. I'm going to pass the mic over to Sarah B. If you guys would welcome her.
1: Hey guys. Hello. Hello. Oh, oh, hey. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Awake after the game, I see. Oh, everyone has their coffee. Love that. No one brought me coffee today. Just kidding. Just kidding. My name is Sarah B and I lead the middle school ministry here. Um, at Heights Church, and it has been an awesome ride. Um, I also, I heard last week someone talked about me from stage, that may have been Todd. So if you've been following along, we've been talking about Advent. And last week, Todd talked about joy, about the joy that I shared with him by decorating his house early for Christmas. Yes, that was me. Uh, We got together, and I said, hey, we, we should do something about this. We should turn that Grinch into a joyful, jolly monster. Um, and so, yes, that was me. I would just like to tell you, I, I will take the fall for that. But we have been in the season of Advent, and we have been talking about two things so far. The first thing we've talked about is love, right? God's steadfast love for us, the love that never leaves us, the love that is always there, the love that even if we didn't know we needed it, it's, it's just there for us, and God gives us that. And the other thing we've talked about is joy. Todd shared with us about joy and how joy isn't this feeling, it isn't this moment, It isn't isn't any of those things. Joy is found in the person of Jesus. And we can have joy because of Jesus. Regardless of the situation that we're in, we have joy because our joy is in Jesus and Jesus gives us that joy. And as you heard Jed talk about it today, today we're focusing on hope. Hope, four letter word, hope. But here are a few things about hope that I want to share with you. When we talk about hope, biblical hope, in the Old Testament, it's described in a a lot of different ways. But there are two main Hebrew words that stick out. And that is yakal and kavah. Now, yakal means to wait for. So hope is described in in you wait for something, right? You're hoping for something. You're waiting. And in that waiting, kava is also used to describe hope, which kava means to hold intention, to hold an expectation. So we have to wait for and to hold an expectation. Those are the two words used, a call and kava. So when we hope, we're choosing to sit, intentionally choosing to sit in the tension of waiting for something to come. And for us, that good news is that we, if you follow Jesus, Our hope, like love and joy, is found in trusting Jesus, right? It's found in trusting the character of God and choosing hope despite our situation. But I don't know about you, but I I feel like I kind of know my humanity and we forget about this hope. We forget that our hope should be placed in Jesus. We're forgetful people. We're like sheep. We forget things right? We just forget. And sometimes we place our hope in the job, in the right relationship, in the status. We place our hope in these things that aren't going to hold us up. And we have to remind ourselves constantly, hey, hope in Jesus. Hey, place your hope in what's true. In Psalm 42, 11, it says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. We have to tell our souls Hey, hope in Jesus, place it in the right thing. Because if we don't, if we don't place our hope in Jesus, then we are without hope and that's hopeless. So then whatever we look at, whatever we're walking through becomes hopeless because we've misplaced our hope. We've shifted it and put it on something else. We have to remind ourselves of this. This past year has been a pretty hard year been difficult. Um, it's probably been the most difficult year of my life to date. Um, I've cried a lot. I've been broken. I've had a lot of pain. This year, I, I lost someone that I really loved. And to you, and on paper, she's my grandma, but to me, she's my mom. I lost my mom this year in March, and it was it was tough because my mom, you know, she was fifty one when we came into her life, and she knew that. She was going to be my mom. And she prayed and she asked, God, God, please give me more life so that I can be there for Sarah. Please give me more life so that I can reflect who you are to her. And God was faithful and God gave her 29 awesome years, not a day less, not a day more, but 29 years when she had only asked for 10 and it was such a gift. And that's the loss that I've experienced this year and it's been hard. The week before she died, I was able to go down and just help my family out. And I was driving home from the hospital one day with her. It was around midnight. It was a dark car ride. It was a stormy night too. Um, But I was just sitting there and I was just asking God, God, this, this is hard. Can you please help me? Can you please help me? to enjoy this time that I have with my mom, because I knew that that was probably the only time that I was going to have with my mom. That was probably the last car ride I was going to have with her. I, I knew that. And the pain and the hurt, it was settling in. And I was like, God, just help me to enjoy this for what it is. Not for what I want this to be, but for what this is. Help me enjoy what you're giving me right now. And my mom was sitting next to me in pain. She had the chills. She had the fever. She was small, she was weak, she was vulnerable. And instead of complaining like she could have done because she, she had so much right to do so, she didn't do that. The car ride that we had was so beautiful because to me, in that moment, she just started sharing with me all the things that God had done in her life that were amazing, in the, hearts, in the hardships that she had endured and, and in the joy that she had been able to walk through. In all of it, God was with her showing her, her, showing her God's goodness. He was with her. And she was telling me, Sarah, I'm praying that you can also experience God's goodness and whatever is happening, just I'm praying for that. I'm praying that God blesses you with so many things. Like whatever a mom would pray for for her kids is what she was sharing with me, sharing these things with me. And it was beautiful to me because she wasn't sitting there consumed with her pain, consumed with her worry about me. No, she was sitting there content and full of joy because she had seen everything that God had done in her life and seen his faithfulness and was like basically sharing with me that I have put my hope in something internal, and that is Jesus. You see, in that moment, I had so much hope because I knew that God had not left me in 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 a hard moment. God had not left me. He was there with me. And God had not left my mom. God had put, or my mom had put her hope in something eternal. And in that moment, I knew I also was putting my hope in something eternal. It was beautiful for me. And there was a moment where I got quiet in the car ride, and I could feel, I could feel the pain, but I could also see the hope of that God was with me. And that's the hope that we all have. It's not just me. It's not just my situation. All of us have that hope. In Psalm 33, verse 20, it says, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. This is the kind of hope that we have, right? If we're putting our hope in Jesus, we have to remind ourselves that we have a hope in him. And he's not going to fill us. His hope is filled with his steadfast love. His hope is filled with joy. His hope is filled with him coming into your situation. His hope is just filled with him. We're not hopeless. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in him when we go through that fire. And our hope in him was also there when he came to be in a manger as Jesus, as a baby, Jesus. In Matthew one twenty three it says, Emmanuel, God with you, right? God with us. God is with you. God doesn't turn his back on us On the darkest night, on the lightest of days, he doesn't leave you at all. My life has been filled with a lot of pain. And I know that may sound surprising, but it has been. And I know for you guys too, sitting here, I'm sure you guys have gone through a lot of things, but I just want to remind you that God has not left you. He will not leave you. He will not turn his back on you. He knows what's going to happen. And he knows that he will stand there for you. On your hard days, He knows that He will stand there for you in whatever situation you are facing. Also, just a reminder (coughs) that the life we live here, the life today that we have here, is just a blip. There's so much more past this life, there's so much more that God has promised for us. This is just a second of eternity. But even in this second of eternity, God is still, hey, place your hope in me because it's hard. It's hard to handle, but I'm here. I'm here with you. But that hope that he has promised for us, the eternity that we have to spend with him, let me just tell you, that's where everything will be made right. That's where the healing and the restoration and all of that, that that is the joy, that is the hope that we get to look forward to. God still gives us hope, he gives us joy, he gives us everything here. But there, that's when everything is right. We won't have to struggle as much. We have hope. And this hope came to us as a baby. And that child came in here weak and vulnerable. And sometimes when we place our hope in something, we are also weak and vulnerable. But when that baby was there, it was God's reminder saying, hey, I haven't left you. If you haven't heard from me, I haven't left you. I'm still here with you. I'm still here with you. I haven't left you. And Jesus knew. Jesus knew this fully. He knew what his disciples were going to face. He knew the hardships that they were going to face, and he shared that with them. He's like, hey, just so you know, life is hard, but guess what? Let me remind you of the truth. Let me remind you of the future that awaits for you if you put your hope in me, if you put your hope in God, if you put your hope in the things that I have promised you in me. There's so much more that awaits you. And if you're sitting here today going, Sarah, I'm discouraged. I'm in pain. I don't see the other side. It's okay. God's not asking you to stuff your emotion and go, oh, yeah, the day's great. No, he's not asking you to do that. You can be real with God. Pray about it. Feel that emotion. Don't run away from that. Don't run away from whatever you are struggling with or whatever you're facing. Don't run away. But don't stay stuck in hopelessness because you guys have so much hope offered to you. Jesus said there's so much hope in him. Don't stay stuck there and remind yourself of the hope that you have in Jesus. In John 16, there's a moment where Jesus is talking with his disciples and this is what he says and this is what I leave you with. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble but take heart, hold on, hold on. I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus is with us, Jesus is with me, and Jesus is with you today, sitting in that seat. Jesus is with you tomorrow. And for the rest of eternity, Jesus is there. So place your hope in him because he is with you. He has never left you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much that we just can hope in you. Thank you so much for the people that you have brought here, God. I don't know the pain in this room. I don't know the joys in this room. I don't know any of it, but God, I'm just so joyful that we have you. I'm so joyful that you sent Jesus for us. I'm so joyful that in you we have life and I'm thankful that I can place my hope in that whenever I feel the pain, whenever I feel the darkness and God, thank you for bringing that to us. Thank you for all of it remind us of this and help us to remind ourselves in this in jesus name amen